everybody, Dave Dutchkow Podcast. With you in a beautiful birthday celebration podcast. Yes, it's my birthday. The Lord was nice enough to bring me to you on August 13th in uh, 1925. That's not the important part. The important part is a birthday podcast, and it's going to be an unbelievable podcast, an unprecedented podcast today with a special guest in a special location in an undisclosed area. And it's hot. It's hot, baby, but it's always hot on my birthday. Welcome to an all-new Dave Jusco podcast. All right. Here we are. Uh, this is Dave Jusco with you. How are you? Uh, it's an all-new one after the uh, Year of the Godfather uh, podcast we did last week, which was, you know, just a, uh, just a regular, you know, we just played the show. I had a lot to talk about that, obviously, later. But right now, let me introduce, let me tell you where we are, and let me introduce my awesome guest and very, very good friend of many years, David Elliott. Hello, David. Hello, Dave. Welcome to Long Branch. Talk right into the microphone. Thanks so much, Dave. <laughs> you know how, I, I don't know if you heard, but uh, how I destroyed Dan Natterman on my podcast because uh, he wouldn't talk into the microphone, and it annoys the shit out of me. Sorry. Anyway, uh, talk whenever you want to. All right. Yeah, well, I just, okay. just wanted to wish you a very happy birthday. Thank you. Well, you're making it a happy birthday because we are at the beach. We are at the Jersey Shore in a cabana overlooking the beautiful Atlantic Ocean to my right. It's unbelievable. I know I have to get a website so you can see it. I, I'll try and tweet some pictures this week of the podcast, but we are in this beautiful cabana that David Elliott is uh, kind enough to let me do this ridiculous podcast here. It's sweaty. It's really hot today. Oh, yeah. We're sweating, it's but it's not a bad sweat because we don't have to go to work or anything, so we don't care. Sometimes we may have to wipe our brow, but, uh, you know, it's fun and it's good. I just had to spray some off because there's some uh, bed bugs. No, they're not uh, <laughs> But, um, no, we're here. I mean, I'm looking right to the right. It's, it's like 930 in the morning. Everybody's out already. It's the hottest day of the year probably. And Dave, this cabana is is your new home. Thank as you. As you've spent many uh, weekends here in the summer so far, and uh, it's the place to be right now. It's decorated in high school tradition of posters <laughs> of many rock stars and uh, ephemera from Grateful Dead memorabilia it's, and such. And we're going to talk about that. Um, first of all, let me just describe the cabana a little bit. <clears throat> it's um, it's beautiful, and the way Dave has decorated it, it's like a man cave. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 amazing. I mean, it's it's such full decoration. It's the exact opposite of what I would do, which would just be like, you know, a fan and nothing else. Uh, you know, maybe a chair for myself. He really put some time and effort into this. It is decorated with a lot of Grateful Dead memorabilia because he is a huge, huge fan. I mean, seriously huge. We're going to test him on that today. <laughs> I've got a couple of quizzes for you. But um, also, he's got... Uh, pictures on every bit of the roof of the cabana, like, you know, the inside of the roof. And there's there's pictures of me, there's pictures of Attell, there's pictures of Artie, uh, there's pictures of Dave and Artie, because Dave was on Artie's uh, direct TV show once. He came after seeing Phil Lesh, was it, that night? Yeah, Phil Lesh was, <clears throat> no, it was Bob Ware, it was at the Capitol, who had passed out after uh, an overdose of Oxycontin, which Artie was interested in. Right, right, that's right, that's why you had you on. But that was so much fun that night, right? We went to the His Man Cave studio. That was great. And seeing the twins and seeing Bichetti. My, uh, <laughs> and Bichetti, you know, thanked me. 
<laughs> of course he did. That's all the shit he does. In fact, I uh, I was trying to check the time because I slept over Dave's last night. Wow. <laughs> and I was checking the time on my you know clock and I'm trying to press it and I only get messages from Bichetti. I can't move on. <laughs> he only just goes, Hi, Dave. I, I, I auditioned at the Comedy Hall last night. Oh, I, 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 thanks a lot, Dave. Um, he is hilarious. He auditioned at the cellar last night. I heard it went very well. Um, it is probably because of me in many ways because... He's brilliant on in The Godfather, and I, th- you know, and the owner's sitting right there, and he goes, I, I, "I'm going to audition this kid." So I'm only hoping that he did as well as he does on The Godfather show. But from what I understand, he did, and he is hilarious. You and- can't hold back talent, and Bichetti has certainly <laughs> got a large talent. If you know what to do with him, Mike Bichetti is your man, and he's like way cool. Um, anyway, this command is amazing. There's chairs, and what Dave has done, he's trying to make it. The centerpiece of all the cabanas. How many cabanas are in this row? There's 30 down here now, and I wish there was a competition for best cabana because for various <laughs> reasons, I should win. Yeah, people keep stopping by, and they're like, wow, this is great. People stop by, and they never leave. Every day. And every day I'm down here, someone stops by and says, generally, basically, I, I'm a deadhead. I, my wife and kids are on the beach. You mind if I just pop in and hang out for a little bit? And then about three hours later, their wife pops in and demands <laughs> they come back to their their, their, <laughs> their umbrella. And that's what happened last week uh, with Mike Steinberg. Mike Steinberg, uh, great guest. <laughs> Hope he's listening <laughs> yeah i mean it's just it's so funny people just stop in of all ages and you know there's he's got a refrigerator here so there's booze there's um you got you the margarita oh well that's what tequila I maker he's got I mean, uh, the jimmy buffett margaritaville bahamas frozen concoction <laughs> maker that's what it's called and let me tell you something i'd never heard of this before but it made the best frozen margarita i'd ever had i was sitting on the beach last week in the chair uh, talking to Rachel Feinstein, I'm I'm name dropping. Uh, I'm not sure how that's. Uh, she called me for my birthday day from London. She's been opening for Louis, so that was very nice. That's a very thoughtful call, calling from London because it's it's pricey, you know, for a Jew to call another <laughs> Jew. That's a that's a very pricey thing. Um, but she called. I was sitting on the beach talking to Rachel, and then he bought me the frozen margarita, and I was like, oh, thank, oh, wow, where's that cool breeze coming from? That's nice. Uh, <laughs> um, Bought me the margarita, and then I was just like, uh, wait a second, because I want to try it first before he leaves, you know. And then I'm like, okay, this is excellent. Thank you. And it was, then I was making fun, and then I'm like, shit, Dave, wait. This really is excellent. It, it's amazing. It was unbelievable. It really, it really is amazing. So this thing, um, uh, this uh, I was looking it up. The concoction the, uh, maker. The concoction maker is, it, it tells you exactly the proportions to put in. Well, there's an, there's an added top that you put in that gives you all the proportions. You pour everything according to Jimmy Buffett's recipe. <laughs> and uh, the key to it is that it makes snow out of ice initially. So it fills up your blender with snow and then blends a couple of times to give you the perfect kind of consistency, even better than a restaurant. It, it is. It's amazing. And it's like you said, it fills up with snow. Jimmy Buffett is, is the innovator of good times. I mean, you know, wh- whether, the, whether the hipsters hate him or not, um, that guy can have a good time and writes a good book and tells a good yarn about pirates. So. But what he doesn't I've always do been a big fan. is make uh, good cheeseburgers. I thought che- that his place, Cheeseburger in Paradise, was a bag of shit. I'm sorry. I didn't care for him. Now, it's funny, I didn't understand that it was Jimmy Buffett. I know in 1977, off the Changes in Latitudes, Changes in Attitudes <laughs> album, uh, that had Margaritaville, right? That's oh, yeah. the one that had Margaritaville. And um, which was the one that had Cheeseburger in Paradise? Do you know? Don't know. You, what? I don't know. He's got like 60. Here's what I thought I heard He's you got say. like 60 albums out. Here's the stupid song that his restaurant was based on. They all sound the same to me. Try to. 
Get it? <laughs> Made it nearly seven a day. Losing way well out. You know it? Oh, God, yeah. Seeds. Drinking lots of carrot juice and soaking up rays. But it's not I'd have these wonderful drinks. Some kind of sensuous treat. Knives and keys or the teens or boys or wheat. But a big warm bun and a huge chunk of meat. I guess from this, we knew he was going to get fat if you sing a song where the the riff is cheeseburger in paradise. The problem is with the kosher version, it's just burger in paradise, <laughs> and uh, it loses a beat. Well done. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so he but he opened a place called Cheeseburger in Paradise, which I thought sucked. Yeah, but the and margarita of those, which are throughout the Caribbean, um, and actually Atlantic City stuff, are awesome. Don't you, I mean, you don't have any problem with him just completely selling out on every bit of items that he does? or I mean, I mean, it's like restaurants and, and margarita makers. and You want me to take off my Margaritaville flip-flops and shorts? <laughs> it's a lifestyle, Dave. It's a lifestyle that I'm trying to embrace. September, I just wish you didn't go bald so early. <laughs> it's just hard to watch a cool guy up on stage with so uh, we all with baldness. Yeah, but again, if you're going to sing about cheeseburger in paradise and margaritas, you're, you're pretty much going to go. And bald. anyone that's been to uh, a Buffett concert, you know, they're called. Um, yeah, what are they called? Um, they're called something, right? No, yeah, they're called. They're called um, Buffeteers. No, um, Parrot Heads, of course. Oh, right. Which I was Parrot a Parrot for a long time. When he, for a couple of years, when he did this song, much like shooting T-shirts into the crowd, he would shoot wrapped. Cheeseburgers. Oh my god. Which by the way were awesome. <laughs> That's why I always try to get within the first twenty rows. And I brought my own condiments. Um, <laughs> listen, it's a lot cheaper than the stands. <laughs> that's funny. I, that's well, that makes sense. If he was set doing cheeseburgers into the audience, I mean, then it would make sense. He would open a franchise. Yeah, listen, a lot of bands. Being, uh, Do you ladies. know he did it with Outback Steakhouse? That's what he joined I with. Did not know that. And he sold it to the Paradise Restaurant Group. Uh, 2009, and then and now it just they just all closed because they stink. But, They're but, horrible. But Calypso Buffett. shrimp salad, nobody cares. Jumbo mango wings, they're stupid. Oh, they hated that mango wings. <laughs> yeah, um, they were horrible. There's only one left in Secaucus. You know, a big summer place, Secaucus. Yeah. <laughs> a big yeah, resort. It's a horrible. Uh, I mean, but, but I, he, actually, he, we like Secaucus because we always have a good time. But there as far as, as a, like a diverse artist, I mean, author, songwriter, entrepreneur, he's involved with casinos, he's a pilot, he's a world traveler, and really a great storyteller. I've, I've read many of his books, and they really are excellent. And as a young as a young adolescent, some of those things were really exciting and, and helped to stimulate my interest in that kind of music. That's interesting. I, I never understood him at all. I didn't even know he sang Mark. We have to, have to listen to the lyrics. I know. I had no idea Cheeseburger in Paradise was a Jimmy Buffett song. I mean, was that a hit? Yes. Oh, that... Cheeseburger in Paradise was off the 1978 album Son of a Sailor. Right, which he his grand, which he is, the son of a son of a sailor. And that's after Mar- the Margaritaville yeah, album. Volcano. I Margaritaville album came in 77, and he's been living off that one song. No, not true. All this time. Volcano. He's got a lot yeah, of I don't big know any. Hit. I'm saying that Margaritaville. You don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go when the volcano blows. I have no idea oh, what that is. On. No, neither does anybody Dave, else. let go of my Sharona, please. <laughs> Listen, you know the kind of songs that I like. The really good stuff, not the dead. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, usually it involves a candle lighting at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, so, yeah, yesterday, or Thursday, Dave and I, uh, with a couple other friends, went to the Mets game. Uh, their their worst loss Marcus, of the season. Lawrence, 
Lerman. Uh, yeah, I thought yesterday was going to be their worst loss, but they came back a little bit. But yeah, they lost nine nothing. We we had really good seats, and we're like, why even go back? Because it was hot, and they were losing by so many, by so much. And as Lawrence pointed out, there was a buffet. <laughs> yeah, he's always got to get to the buffet. And um, the Yankees had a tremendous loss. Actually, a very happy loss last night. I thought they won. Uh, a Rod left. Oh yeah, right. Exactly. I still can't understand why. People like I. I don't. I thought we all hated A Rod. I thought we were all in agreement that A Rod sucks. I don't understand why people were so thrilled to watch his last game. I mean, I can see to watch his last game, but I mean, like people were like, "Oh, gonna miss him. I hope he does well." Where's this coming from? Well, it's much like when they hung Brody in Homeland. You just want to, you know, you want to <laughs> see a dramatic ending. I was, you know, the double was good, but if he fell down on the base pass, it would have been. Uh, you You're know, on fire today. Perfect. I was but, asking um, you last night. I was like, "Do you think?" And we, I have to keep. Uh, why, I mean, I'm dripping with sweat which is awesome um that's yeah, a great visual for me <laughs> hey you got the same thing going on um <laughs> do you think that the reason why he's technically beloved for some god knows reason is because they were able to win a world series with him and that has mostly everything to do with it and if he never won the world series it wouldn't be like this uh, he, he has been a great player i mean his entire career his numbers were great and stuff and he is very talented but you know how much of it is from performance enhancing drugs right. i think most people are just waiting for his testicles to shrink and to get some <laughs> back acne so um you know who really knows people do but... want bad to come from it it's the exact opposite of Derek jeter which is why it's so funny where people only want good stuff. You know, we it was wanted, wanted brutally... to make sure. We're so glad he married the last supermodel that he uh, went out with. And <laughs> It was a brutally hot night. Didn't you just picture Jeter sitting in his like 73rd floor apartment in great <laughs> air conditioning with floor-to-ceiling windows looking out and hardly watching the game? <laughs> yeah, and that Hannah Davis might be the most attractive woman I've ever seen. It's kind of funny when you date, like I always talk about Leonardo DiCaprio, which is kind of odd because he dates the same kind of people all the time, which is nice. But women? sometimes if you... Yeah, women. But if you... If you have the opportunity to date everyone, and you're Leonardo DiCaprio or Derek Jeter, why would you always choose the exact same person all the time? Or Jeter, Jeter did the same thing in many ways, but I think he married the right one. Hannah Davis is ridiculous. Uh, you know, listen, once you taste perfection, you kind of want it again and again and again. And <laughs> since you have that opportunity at the top of your menu, you know, why go down to second tier? Um, you know. I don't know. I feel like you, I, always, I, I always have this theory, and I talk about it on the podcast all the time, you know, it's like those jihadists. They want, they, you know, they can't wait to blow themselves up, so they have seventy-five virgins. But why would you want seventy? Maybe you want two virgins, you know, a colored girl, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm just saying. What you want a mix? You want a variety? I always say throw John Bon Jovi in there. I mean, you know, you don't know what you're going to yeah. want you know, through eternity. I'm sure. But I don't think I want seventy-five virgins. No, I'm sure. Last on that list is a girl named Nahama. <laughs> exactly. Excellent point too. Uh, yeah, exactly. The only people they don't want is their kind, their own women. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. excellent point. Excellent point. David, although, although the burka, very well the burka is very slimming. I, I sometimes think about it as I get older, <laughs> and the uh, you know things get a little bit wider. <laughs> well, you still look good. Thanks. You Dave. look good. And this cabana is the shit. I mean, it really, really is. He's got he's got lights like Christmas lights going, and he can control them from his app. And I thought it's kind of funny, like, if people are in here, he can go somewhere else, and, you know, when it's dark, and they're like, what the hell's going on with the lights? It's like, oh, that's my friend. He's controlling them with his app. Uh, he's trying to get my attention. But it really is badass. Oh, so then, yeah, so now that he started making frozen margaritas, everybody's been coming in to yeah. have frozen margaritas. And there are, some fill up cool, on ice. there are some cool people as neighbors to the cabanas. Yeah. Dave and I were down here the other day, and I was playing some Dylan, and a guy walked by and actually offered us some drinks. 
And then he says, hey, this is Dylan from 73. And I'm is like, yeah. I said, you're, are you a fan? He goes, well, I actually played with the band at the Supper Club. And I'm like, you did? Right. You're like, bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, we found out it was true. Right? Yeah. You looked it up, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I met him a couple a couple days later. I was at the Borgata scene, Dylan, and he was there. And I'm like, wow, you, you really are a big Dylan fan. Because who the hell would see him on this tour right. after seeing that show? You told me that tour oh, was horrible, right? He's, a, he's an amazing artist, but geez, 80% Sinatra ballads. I, I, I don't understand it. I guess that's the point where you're just like, I don't care what my fans think. I'm going to do Sinatra ballads. <laughs> uh, I'm 94 years old. I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah. But yeah, that guy down the cabana is amazing. His for, He started the margaritas, but his place isn't as hooked up as yours. It's not as, because he's got like kids there yeah. and stuff, so it's kid-friendly. And then the guy who's clearly, you know, not kid-friendly. <laughs> there's a guy who's cooking with a solar-paneled grill. Oh, I saw that the other day. That was amazing. Yeah. Uh, he's made one great flunkin'. <laughs> and uh, so everyone's pretty generous down here and um, uh, you know it's just a kind of more of a communal hangout and I wanted this to be the, the centerpiece opium den as you will for the uh, <laughs> I, I just try to make it like my, my college dorm it is uh, a little bit more organized and no you know blue books <laughs> but it's fantastic it, it really is I I'm just looking at all the pictures above me and stuff as I go. And it's very there's, timely as I look not around. Just that there's, yeah. The, uh, it's very timely in that the, as I look around some of the uh, the, the uh, albums I have hanging up, Tommy from 73, Desire <laughs> from 74, Eat a Peach, the original copy from 71, <laughs> and uh, surprisingly a picture of um, Who? Uh, of uh, Bob Dylan, Jerry Garcia, and, and John Lennon, the, tr- the triad of oh, cool in my cool. opinion. Well, it's true. And then you, I see on the right you got a picture of Sean Penn from Fast Times. Spicoli. Uh, Peter Sellers. Spicoli, who also, uh, do you know who did the Dr. Spicoli Shanks theme? Up. No, who? If you watch Fast Times, Spicoli oh, has a theme. Jimmy Buffett. Oh, I, uh, you know what? I think I have that song, I feel like. I did a, where, where would I have that? When I, it's like when I did the Glenn Fry tribute, I put a whole bunch of uh, songs from um, Fast Times. Let me see, Fast Times, let's just see if I have it. Because as far as you know, personal themes. Oh, no, I just have uh, I just have this one. Can you, can you honestly tell me that you forgot? <laughs> forgot the magnetism of Robin Zander or the charisma of Rick Nielsen? That's kid stuff. Kid stuff. Kid stuff. How about the tunes? Oh, the tunes. <laughs> I want you to want me. The dream police. Da 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 da. Your mama's all right. Your dad is all right. But just seem a little bit weak. <laughs> yeah. That goes the best. Um, the only other highlight w- w- in that year was when Christopher Cross sang the theme from Arthur, which was also in the, <laughs> the same cool mode. Actually, uh, that was a pretty good song. Oh, wait. No, Christopher Cross, another great bald r- uh, rock and roller. Well, actually, uh, I was. I, th- I don't know whether I was talking about him on the podcast one day, but that guy got so screwed because uh, he was really good and he had this amazing album and then they just say I mean even if you look up his Wikipedia page it goes but he was too ugly and bald to continue that's what they say I mean it's like that's what ruined his career he was ugly and bald but it's funny there's lots of ugly and bald musicians and they seem to do okay it must have been something else hello can we mention her or? sure oh that's Suta that's Dave's wi- wife yeah <laughs> I never know what the uh, proper terminology is and uh, she just did a marathon today in the hottest day of the year. She runs marathons. Yeah, she's an incredible runner, American Indian. She just keeps running. I think she's, she's an American Indian. Yeah, trying to get her land back. <laughs> Is that that's funny? Yeah, she, she just came in and uh, took a picture. And she, um, hi, honey, she, move the move the rain clouds away. <laughs> uh, you're on fire today, I'll tell you. All right, listen, I got some Grateful Dead trivia for you. 
Okay. Oh, this is unexpected. Yeah, no, but uh, let's see. What That's he... They always end up with Darkstar. Mike, uh, oh, that was my first one. <laughs> Shit. Uh, <laughs> no. All right, uh, this is good because David's a huge, huge fan, so I, I love, I, and he's a really good fan. I, I don't have any, I don't know the, I know the answers because I looked them up, but, you know, I would never even, I don't right. even understand the questions. I, I don't care for the Grateful Dead. I don't understand oh, I'm looking forward the Grateful to this. Dead. Do I, win Fred, do I win Fred's money? <laughs> the 1969 single Suspicious Minds by Elvis Presley featured backup vocals from what Grateful Dead band member? That would be Donna Jean Gottschall. Jesus Christ, what? Keith's wife. Damn. That's she was, right. She was part of the uh, Muscle Shoals background singers. I couldn't even pronounce the last name. I'm going to be amazed by everyone. I mean, th- think about what he just guessed. Who did the backup vocals on Elvis Presley? So, I mean, that's amazing. Okay, Jerry Garcia contributed the title... To what Jefferson Airplane album? Blows Against the Empire? No. One more chance. Um, I can give you uh, choices, but then I'm sure you'll get it once I say it. Uh, Surrealistic Pillow. That is exactly correct. Boy, you are really good. I feel like Hank the Angry Dwarf now. <laughs> I know. But you got to say it a little more drunkenly. <laughs> Surrealistic Pillow. Surrealistic Pillow. Uh, you going to light up? Cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> um this is like the first time I'd let anybody smoke on the podcast because it's not at my house. Uh, what was the first album that Robert Hunter became a full contributing band member for? Mm, I would guess Working Man's Dead. That is incorrect. Um, the first album that Robert Hunter became a full contributing band member. Would it be Anthem of the Sun? No, it's their third album. Axa Maxa? That's exactly correct. Axa Maxa. Which is a palindrome. Wow, I failed on that question. Uh, that's okay. That's no, a, it's not fair. It's not good. It's the first album uh, where uh, yeah, where he became Tom Constantine and Tom Constantine was the piano player. Recognized full fledged band members. Uh, the album includes Saint uh, two tricks that would be live staples for the band. And what's the other one? Uh, China Cat Sunflower. That's right. Wow. All right, and that you was... know, do you know who appears on the album's back cover when she's five? Five years old. Uh, Ken Kesey's daughter, Sunshine Kesey. Maybe, but there's another girl, and she's kind of a legend now in a way. I mean, in a bad way, but uh, Janis Joplin. No, no, it's fascinating. When I saw it, I couldn't believe it. Uh, Courtney Love. That's correct. You her mother. Fu- her oh, father wow. was Hank Harrison, who was a writer. Harry Harrison time. from WABC. Hank Harris. Uh, he, yeah, he was a writer that hung around with. The, he was, you know, basically a hippie back in the late sixties, early seventies, part of the Haight Ashbury scene. And her dad, and uh, he wrote actually wrote a book about the dead, which I have, which is which is good. And I have a first copy of it. It's in plastic in my uh, temperature controlled office. So she was. Uh going to be somewhere in rock and roll eventually so she's on the back cover she's of on that? the back cover when she's five yeah that's what they say wow we gotta take a look at that later huh so i guess first shot of bush <laughs> <laughs> who was the first to die in the band that'd be pig pen that's right all the piano this is very much like you realize it's like spinal tap the grateful dead have had one two three four five piano players who have died pig pen keith godshaw Brett Midland, sorry, and Vince Welnick. They've all died. Four piano players have all died. Oh, that's, so who's their piano player now? Vince Welnick was the last one when the, the, when, the, when the dead disbanded in 95, and then after they broke up and they started playing as the dead, he wasn't included, went into a depression and committed suicide. Oh, my God. A former, former piano player for the two. with the John Mayer band? Um, there, there's a, a fine musician. I forget. Rob, I think his name is Rob Barocco. I mean, you say that guy uh, used to play with the tubes? Yeah, Vince Welnick. Oh, 
Sushi, yeah. Cherry Blossom, yeah. Didn't they do that? They had a big MTV hit with the yeah, way around uh, the roller coaster. She's one in a million. You know she's that, one yeah, that's in it. Yeah, million girl. girl. They had to, they had a bunch of hits. I like yeah. them. Um, in 1988, Bob Dylan released Down in the Groove, which features several collaborations with the Grateful Dead. What song on this album did Dylan co-write with Robert Hunter? Silvio. That is incorrect. Ugliest girl in the world. That is completely correct. And I got to say, I mean, when I'm, I mean, that's a pretty specific question. Even getting it in two is pretty goddamn I good. Be getting these in one, man. I've, Don't beat yourself up over this. I'm, I'm still dedicated impressed. Eighty percent of my entire adult life to reading about <laughs> the Grateful Dead. And- well, you're doing really. These are really hard questions. What song was closely inspired by the harmony singing of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young? That's a pretty general question. Um, Apparently, there's one in particular that was. Uncle John's band. That is completely correct. Damn. <laughs> How about any more vodka? <laughs> Boy, you're doing really good. Someone uh, pushed me on my high chair. What solo album is a Grateful Dead studio album in all but name? Uh, that would probably be Bob Wears Ace. That is correct. Which is a great album. With Ace, the Bring album the is band. a full-fledged studio Dead album in all but name as we're used the Dead as the backing band for his album. Seven of the eight songs became concert staples for the Grateful Dead with only the song Walking in the Sunshine left behind. A weak song. But, but, but a great song. album. I believe One More Saturday Night. And, so uh, Bob Weir wrote all those songs. That's the Bob, thing. But Bob Weir and, and a co-writer named, uh, named Barlow. And, uh, but the, you know, the, back in the 70s, in the early 70s, when, when, when they were going on hiatus, all the mem- many of the members would have solo projects which were extremely successful. Are you talking about Kiss or? Oh, sorry. It's Grateful Dead, right. We're talking no, here. No, I, I We're know. talking Just, here. Some of the Kiss um, solo albums. But Garcia put out an album <laughs> called Reflections, which Isn't is phenomenal, it too. ironic that Bob Weir put out a solo album called Ace, and Ace Freely put out his solo album called Ace Freely? And when, when Weir... Around the same time. When Weir does Back in the New York Groove and puts San Francisco in, it's amazing. See? Uh, what was the only studio album that featured a vocal and songwriting contribution from Keith Godshaw? Wake of the Flood, Let Me Sing Your Blues Away. Damn. It's good. This is amazing. These are songs I've never heard of in my life. I'm fascinated. I have about four tapes with that from 1974 when they were touring with the, with the legendary Wall of Sound. I thought it was a good... I thought Don and Keith were from the, the South, Muscle Shoals, and they, I thought they added a lot. Some of the strongest uh, live performances of the Grateful Dead, 71, 72, 73, 74, were with them. Uh, he became a hardcore heroin junkie and became very repetitive. And the thing that Garcia was really against was he would often mimic Garcia's leads, which you don't want as a piano player. You want something to contribute. No, I've told this about all the people that uh, do that about with David Tell, all these young comics that come up, and they're just mimicking him. Yeah. I mean, come on. What is that all about, right? It's like the same thing, right? I don't right, know. David, is that what you were going to say? The same thing as David Tell, right? I don't know any of the tell the jokes, <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. I just saw, if I was going to watch Girls Gone, Gone Wild backwards, it looks like they finally learned their lesson. <laughs> That's one of his jokes. Yeah. God, that's brilliant. He is, but he is good in it. Attell is, uh, there's no one like Attell. To me, there's two amazing comics, David Tell and Mitch Hedberg. I don't care what anyone says. And how great is They're it that they brilliant. were touring together, remember? They with were? The, yeah, remember with Lewis Black, the three of them. Didn't we? We went to see them. That's, that's when we hung Hedberg out in Las Vegas was that dead. time. No. That's when we hung, you and me and Attell hung out in Vegas that time. He was, oh, no, that's right. You're right. We did that for uh, Dave's old porn. Insomniac. Oh, uh, Insomniac. Oh, you're right. It was God, insomniac. it was insomniac. It was you're one right. of the highlights of my but life. But no, Lewis Black, Mitch Hedberg, David Tell. That was the tour. They had a tour bus. Where, didn't you come on the bus with me? Uh, it was 20 minutes after I left. <laughs> right. Because Attell ran up to me and right, says, right, you right. should have been there, man. You should have been there, man. 
Strippers, midgets, they all came out with strippers with balloons and midgets. Robert Hunter made the statement regarding a certain song saying, that was the closest we've come to what may be a classic song. That'd be Friend of the Devil. That is exactly right. Which is an American classic. Got to reason I have why. extra credit. Okay. What album in 1970, The Grateful Dead released two now semi- seminal classic albums, Workman's, Working Man's Dead and American Beauty. Uh, wait. Oh, I think I... Yeah, those are the two albums. Oh, I think I gave you yeah. the answer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> which was really a departure from their first three albums, which were more psychedelic, trippy, you know, acid-related music, and they kind of, which shows their brilliance, they were able to turn the, turn the, turn the tide and create these American masterpieces almost with a Western feel to them. Friend of the Devil, Sugar Magnolia, uh, Truckin'. You're right. Because I've actually heard of Friend of the Devil. I mean, everybody's heard, heard of You've heard of Sugar Magnolia. You've heard of Trucking. Nobody knows what You've Sugar You've heard of Magnolia. Casey Jones. I've definitely heard of Trucking. Those are all classics all on those horrible, albums. horrible, horrible songs, like one after the other. Where's the electricity? <laughs> I'm turning this podcast off. <laughs> uh, who, do you know, uh, extra credit again, who covered uh, American Beauty? Um, or Friend of the Devil. Or maybe it's, a, wait, who, who? I think Lyle Lovett covered it. I, I, I don't know. Has covered Los it Lobos? Times. It could be American Beauty. I can't remember which song they covered. It was Bob Dylan and Tom Petty. Both have covered the song. Do I have it? Well, correct? many people have covered it. What album sports Touch of Grey, the band's only top 10 hit in the Billboard Top 100? That would have been a more current album, In the Dark. That's my actually favorite song. I know it's probably everybody's least favorite, but um, I... That's the only song I think is just awesome because uh, I'm such know, a fair weather I, fan. I am a fair weather. I'm not a fan at all, and I love that song. Wait, I had it, and I don't know what I did with it. Um, Look under T for touch. You know what? Wait, where is it? Oh, here it is. It's my favorite song. Oh. This is the best dead song ever, everybody. The oh, best. They had an MTV video, which was oh, with cute. all the skeletons playing. Oh my god, that was the best one ever. Yeah, not too much fun to trip to, though. Yeah. You know what? It is great. I forgot how good this is. Damn, when you dance. Well, that's why I like it. It's less of that nonsense music and getting down to the, the riffs and the melody. I don't care, cause it's all right. I will get by. I will get by. I will survive. All right. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I'm sorry. I mean, that's I just you know. Yeah, it was I the like beginning of the end for those deadheads when all the uh, <laughs> fairweather. Fa- it really was. It's true. I, mean, I know all it is. Fairweather fans started coming in, camping out and. Pets were not allowed at a dead concert. Come on. Well, let's see if you can name some of these other ones by just uh, like the first uh, couple. Oh, of that things, would be okay? that would be awesome. All right, because this is tough. I think they all sound alike. So, uh, and I know this is blasphemy, and I apologize. You, I mean, right, if stay, you can see the way Dave is looking at me. Stay close now, to the clicker. I'm pretty sure he does not want me at the cabana anymore after this. But let's see if you can figure this out. Morning Dew. Oh my God. <laughs> That's that's just cymbals playing. How could you possibly know that? Trebek. Let's get to it. Boom, boom, boom. I just went a minute 35 and hadn't even started yet. It's from the first album, San Francisco's Grateful Dead. No, it's not. Yes, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 
Um, you know what's funny is that I remember when I was in high school, you know, they were popular then for some reason. Yeah, because they were awesome in the 70s. Uh, and this kid goes, I went to the Dead concert last night. And I'm like, yeah, how was it? I was trying to pretend like I gave a shit and I even knew who the Grateful Dead were. Not that I was only scared by their name alone. And uh, he goes, it was unbelievable. So they leave, right? And then all of a sudden, they come back out for an encore, and they play Morning Dew. I didn't think they were going to play it. Oh, that was probably the Nassau Coliseum 76, 6576. It couldn't have been Nassau Coliseum. It had to be in Jersey, and it was 1980. Wow, what a rare rare Morning Dew encore, huh? Still one of my favorite shows of all time, 7878 Red Rocks. Any deadhead out there knows what I'm talking about. I do not. 7878. Everybody thinks Cornell, but no, Red Rocks. Fucking werewolves. Cornell University? Yes. I think 5677 is one of their premier. um, That's one of their. You know how Smithsonian has certain things in their collection? That's in their collection from the Grateful Dead. For real? Yeah. Are you talking about the John Waite performance at Ithaca College that same year? Or, hello? Hmm, This is odd. Uh, Dave, are you still. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's funny. uh, um, Hit me with another song. Yeah, yeah, I will. Uh, okay, let's see if you know one of these classics. <laughs> George Sorry. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not only a one. <laughs> I love one hit wonders. Oh, actually, he wasn't a one hit. He was talented. Uh, no, he was talented. He is talented. Was that other good? Okay, what's this one? The Eleven. Oh my God, that's unbelievable. But that took at least ten seconds. That took six seconds. Maybe five where I actually found the button to stop it. I mean, how can you even... It, it sounds you know why it's sound called, the same. No, you know why it's called the 11? No. Because instead of counting the song 1, 2, 3, 4, 2, 2, 3, 4, 3, 2, 3, 4, it goes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10, 11, 1, 2, 3, 4. Oh so it's got an odd listen to this. count. Who would listen to this? Who would want to be at a concert and pay money for this? I would. There's, there's nothing happening. Although I wouldn't pay. I'd try to get a miracle ticket. What is that? You know when you hold up your hand and ask for a miracle? Oh. And some fellow deadhead blesses you with a miracle ticket. No, I didn't know that. Is that true? Just, yeah, then you just go in and dance the night away. Who's dancing to this? I would. I mean, There's nothing to dance just, to. Well, like a white man's dance, but still I'm dancing. I'm moving. Uh, I don't know. All right, here's a... Let's see if you can get this one. This is a, this is a tough... It's a, it's a trick question. One more Saturday night. Jesus Christ, but who's... It's off a solo album. It's off Ace. Damn it! Damn it! Come on, this guy's good. This guy's—you gotta give it up for Dave Elliott, everybody. Thanks, Dave. But it's—it's it's, all right. Now it's, here's uh, <laughs> here's another one, but it's also a kind of a trick question. Oh, uh, this is a Jerry Garcia band song, uh, "I Want You" by Dylan. That is absolutely right. It's Dylan and the Dead. Dylan and the Dead. I want you. The guilty Undertaker cries. So bad. Honey, I want you. Dave, you're doing great. I mean, seriously, if anybody... There's nobody that's not going to believe you're not a dead fan after this. Well, you want to talk about you more? Uh, no. Because, you know, people don't realize I'm a huge fan of Dave Jusko. I don't think you get the props, Dave. I've been a huge fan since you introduced me to the Dave Jusko and Friends show on Public Access New York. <laughs> well, when who I moved, wouldn't? Who when wouldn't? I lived in the city for 10 years, and that's when I actually really started hanging around with Dave. 
that was phenomenal. Oh. Those were some of the greatest nights of my life it watching was on TV and like, that's you. Well, it is kind of funny, not just that, but the people like I introduced you to, but I'm not saying that I introduced you that we knew, and now they're so famous, you know, we were just hanging out with them as just regular. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about, Sarah Silverman. <laughs> not just her, but like all those guys who used to, we used to come over your house. Yeah, it was A lot great. of us, used, you know, Sarah and uh, and Louie and people like that used to come over your house. Yeah, but no one live. knew me. Everyone was like, are you Lawrence's roommate? I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah, Lawrence's but, roommate. But everybody knew you were cool, otherwise they wouldn't come by well i had a grateful dead shirt on <laughs> all right let's uh here i'm gonna give you another little trivia question see if you can guess and by the way the matzo ball bash fucking brilliant oh, right, i've right. always been a fan of those that's uh what is that on hanukkah <laughs> we, oh christmas eve it was christmas great eve, the matzo it was ball amazing bash at, uh, at the caroline's it was just again it yeah but they didn't awesome. uh, all those uh, people did not care for the jewish material which was very odd but that was fun um okay i've stayed in every blue light cheap hotel Stella blue this is unbelievable Picture a bright blue ball just spinning. You'll never get this Throwing one. stones. That's exactly right. Gideon came in with his eyes on the floor, says... Greatest story ever told. This is unbelievable. <laughs> turn the page. I, I, I think we're boring the fans. No, no, no. This is good stuff. Well, we should put this on, 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 on the Deadhead channel. I'm serious. Well, I ain't often right, but if I've never been wrong, it seldom turns out the way it does in the song... Uh-oh. Scarlet Begonia. Oh, yes. That's, that's right. one of the greatest. That's one of the greatest quotes. And I, why did it take you so long to get? Because I wanted to hear it. God, you're such a sissy boy. Once dude. in a while, you can get shown the light in the strangest of places if you look at it right. Come on, dude. That's, hey, that's exactly the next. Uh, I didn't even tell you that. <laughs> I can't stay here much longer, Melinda. The sun is getting high. Cumberland I... Blues, who actually after the dead wrote that, which is on Working Man's Dead. Some miners said, "Hey, how'd you find such an old mining song?" And they said, "Hey, you know, we just created it, man." On the day that I was born, Daddy sat down and cried. I had the mark just as plain as day. I could not be denied. Oh, he's having trouble. They say that Cain caught Abel rolling loaded dice. Half-step Mississippi, uptown Tootaloo. Fuck. (laughs) All right, right, let's see if I can get you in this. I think that's enough. No, all right, all right, one more. No, this is a name that tune. I'll do any name that tune. I'm good in 70s one-hit wonders, too. Box of Rain. (laughs) That's right. But every day that if you want something tough, well, I don't. If you want something tough, ask me, Alice B. De Millionaire. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, how about this one? Stagger Lee. Jesus Christ, that's pretty good. You know what's funny about the Dead? Obviously, they have they're worldwide just, fans, phenomenal, and very interesting fans. Uh, you're the one that turned me onto this, and I think it's really funny, especially now um, after the convention, the Democratic convention. This is uh, Al Franken, Senator Al Franken, and Davis, and Tom Davis, you turned me on to this, in the dead dressing room, I think in 1980, Franken and Davis were still five years off of Saturday Night Live, and Radio City Music Hall, and they did a bit with uh, the dead, which makes it awesome, because, you know, Jerry Garcia wasn't doing bits, uh, (laughs) you know, and, and they were a precursor to Letterman doing bits with them later, because Jerry Garcia was already a living legend in 1980. They had already they'd been together for only about 12 years at that point, right? But they were still yes. that big, and yet think about that that big, but didn't have like major pop song hits. No, yeah, and yet they were just, just a hit. Heads. So Frank and Davis in the dressing room. Uh, that'd be good. Hey, be how are you guys doing? Huh? Well, we were trying to lay out the lineup for the set. Oh, sorry, we didn't want to uh, interrupt anything. We just thought we'd come back, hang out a little bit, say hi and stuff. You got any drugs? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I was joking. <laughs> I don't want to. Hey, Jerry, this is a beautiful 
Beautiful guitar. I wish you wouldn't say thanks a lot. He drops the guitar yeah, right on Jerry. I'm really sorry. Well, also, <laughs> the introduction. So wait, wait, I'm going to play this. Oh, okay. God damn it. Uh, uh, sorry about that. I uh, listen to Jerry. Uh, we're, we're going. We're going on stage this moment. We're going on stage in in a couple of minutes. Would, would you introduce us? Uh, I can play music, but I can't do any of that kind of stuff. Well, we don't. Uh, sorry. Uh, how about how about you, Phil? Huh? Never for you people. Well, uh, Al, I think these guys are a little nervous before the show. Maybe we ought to understand give them a little space. Uh, these guys want to tune up them. Okay, break a leg, you guys. Yeah, have a good show. I mean, th- that's really funny. And that's before people were doing bits yeah. like that, you know, with celebrities. I mean, you know, basically before that gag, you had Mel Brooks in a movie doing bits with celebrities, you know, in silent movie. Plus the outtakes. Know. There's one where they had Jerry Garcia cooking during the, the set break. Oh, is that right? And to see Garcia with a chef's hat and a huge <laughs> apron. And that's all Franken and Davis is doing? Isn't that amazing that they liked them well, even back then? Well, Franken was uh, a huge fan. Tom Davis. Oh, Tom, that makes sense. Tom what Davis I've heard, was a, he is so high. Actually, unfortunately, Tom Davis is in, is credited with introducing Garcia to Persian heroin, oh, which is ultimately wow. what was his massive addiction. <laughs> oh my Tom, God! Tom really? Davis was uh, was was a heroin user as well. Um, not they don't shoot it up; they smoke it. But um, yeah, and Tom Davis he wrote a book a couple of years before he died, which I read. Um, and he talks a lot about his intimate time spent, just him and Jerry, wasted on heroin, which is, you know, deadheads kind of love hearing those inside stories. Oh, God, but, this makes so much sense that they were able to do so this Franklin and was, have this ridiculous really inside access to a very closed-off band in many ways. Yeah. And that's I'm, and I'm saying, I mean, this is unbelievable. But the dead always had a pretty good connection with Saturday Night Live. Again, they were out in 77. If you remember, also the Blues Brothers opened up for them on, um, their, on their New Year's Eve show, 1977, at uh, the Winterland. Blues Brothers played live. Live, like for an hour with their so they had a great band. sense of humor. Yeah, Tom was, Davis probably had a lot to do with that. And, and Lauren Michaels was, I think, a big deadhead too. They were like the head writers, I think, Franken and Davis yeah, on that definitely. show. But it's so funny. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Oh, the funny thing was at that Radio City show that we you were playing the clips from. Ultimately, they got Brent. To yeah, inf- I have it right here. Oh yeah, because it's pretty, pretty. Yeah, it's, it's fucking brilliant. Sorry to have to do this. Yeah, this is great. I don't really know these guys, and I don't think they're very funny. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Frank and Dave. (laughs) (laughs) And they come out in tuxedos to those booze, and they're just waving. It's so funny. You can see it on YouTube. And they keep saying, hey, we got a long set ahead of us. And the more our set lasts. (laughs) Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Uh, We're the comedy team of Frank and Davis, and uh, we're going to do about an hour of comedy. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold it, hold it. We got this deal worked out with the dead where the longer we're on, the less they can play. <laughs> See? <laughs> hey, hey. What, what, what? You, you don't want us to do an hour of comedy? Hey, listen. If, if you people don't quiet down, we're going to get off the stage and the band will have to come on. <laughs> it was great, man. It's brilliant. What, is that what you people want? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the Grateful Dead. And of course they opened with On the Road again, an acoustic number from back in the 60s. Not On the Road again, the Willie Nelson song. No. Because that's a good one. It's not a bad song either. No, it's Um, an amazing song. And it's funny because 
right before that introduction, they go to they cut to Franken and Davis, and uh, Franken looks at Davis and goes, "Great, we're going to be introduced by Brent. He's been in the band about five minutes." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, here, this is the song they should have opened with. It's my favorite. That's what I was hoping they were going to open. With. If you don't open with this, you're an asshole. He's found it down, load him up and truck it. We gonna do what they say can be done. We got a long way to go, and a short time to get there. Tommy's found just what no bandit runs. I don't understand. You don't you don't think that's a good song for them to open that's with? Funny. <laughs> it's the best song ever. <laughs> Danny McBride's awesome. Oh wait, uh Oh, remember this one? I just found this one. That was before everything fell apart. Was that in '86? No, that was uh, last year. Oh. I'm pretty sure he's. Are you part? Of, are you high already? It's. I think he said 2015 <laughs> National League. I, I stopped following stuff after the dead retired. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it's funny about um, Franken and Davis. It's it's so you know it's so interesting that Al Franken is now a senator. You know, I mean, but it's so do you crazy. Think he's still funny. Yeah, because oh, well, I'll tell you, I do. Uh, you know, Sarah opened for Al Franken. She was great. She was great. She was great. So she was playing me all of Al Franken's messages. <laughs> like He was really uptight about the, doing comedy again. Um, and now, Sarah, I, I think what we should do, and then she had this idea where he could do this. And he goes, Sarah, I'm a United States senator. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> so he's very uptight about what he can and can't do, but I do think he's funny. But the funny part was that she, that she was supposed to do four minutes which they cut down to two, and then as you saw, they they were like, "You need, we need to stretch for time." So it was completely disorganized. But Senator Al Franken was only supposed to do forty-five seconds. Now, where does that make sense? That's when you have to be like, "Oh my God, our friend that we've known for thirty years." I mean, look at this. What happened? I'll to tell her? you why. It's unbelievable. And, and I'm I've, serious. And Sarah, run for office. You're she great. Probably could win. She, I don't think she would ever do that because, you know, she's told me she'd like to make the most money possible without doing anything. So I don't think she'd want to run for office. Too much touring, too much. She's too weak. She can't. She she gets. She's a little sickly in a way. You know, like I mean, she she, she you know she. I disagree. Did you see her in Jesus's Magic first scene. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I just I don't I don't think she could take the touring schedule of uh, running for office. Well, unless I suppose if she she's just ran for mayor of Los Angeles or something. Yeah, uh, and she would win. She would win. But lots of celebrities, I suppose, could do that, like Clint Eastwood and stuff like that. Yeah, that's but, true. Anyway, so then. Um, I guess Letterman was a big Dead fan too, or was he just? He's more uh, of a Warren Zevon fan, believe it or not. Oh, I do know that actually. I know Warren that Zevon fan. We, we but, Dead but, is also. Loved. But he started doing bits with Garcia as well. Oh, that's right. Before they, they would come the, on, and this is in 1982, yeah. which means Letterman just started. They and here's Garcia uh, on the Letterman show. Uh-huh. And then right down there, uh, and then that's it. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. Well, after a while, see these? You build up calluses like on my fingers. I'm showing them how to play the guitar. You strum them. Yeah. Yeah. This. Yeah. Proud Mary. Really? Yeah. Right. Great. All right. Working for the man. Working for the man. Yeah. Oh my God. This is crazy. Maybe you can do it on the show. Maybe you can do it on the show. That's funny. And then the show's guest for more than 17 years. The Grateful Dead have been making rock and roll history with very few personnel changes and ecstatic fans known as Deadheads. 
They are truly a cultural phenomenon. But the Grateful Dead are more than just a band. They are a community of about 100 people whose energies go into their albums, concerts, and films. Would Some you intro, please welcome huh? oh, two awesome. members of the Grateful Dead, Jerry Garcia and Bob Weir. Oh, do you remember, were you with me when we used to go to the, no, no, I guess I didn't know you. I used to go to Letterman shows back then all the time. And I would see, because it was easy to get tickets because nobody knew it was on. And I used to see people like that all the time. I saw Andy Kaufman's last appearance on that yeah. and stuff. And he came up and he hugged. There's probably footage of me in the audience. Uh, me and Lawrence used to go all the time. Here's a. On the Letterman show. Oh, I remember seeing Lawrence on a wide shot. So what song is this? Debellum Blues. What is it? Debellum Blues. Oh. That's because you heard them say Debellum oh, on that. Oh, sweet mama. So they, they played and then they sat. We'll do another a song for us. In a minute or two, we have to uh, station Well, Paul uh, Schaefer was that. in the Blues Tell me about... Uh, oh, you, oh, that's right. I was reading articles about your uh, work today and uh, the phrase ex-chemistry came up. Yeah. And it was in context of something which occurred on stage. Yeah. What, uh, what would that be? Chemistry. What is it? It's the unexplainable <laughs> attraction that fans have with the band where they'll reach a certain energy during a jam with no lyrics, but yet we're listening so intently to Garcia's lead and he's communicating with us and bringing us higher and higher to a level, really, really. Do you have to be on drugs to know no. that level? You don't have to be no, on but acid be, or something? You have to be a, a, enough of a studious listener and a dedicated listener to follow the separation of sound, to isolate Garcia's lead and to follow it and let the other sounds surround it and that's really the that's really would, the heart of being a true deadhead yeah i would like to make fun of you with that but i know there is that connection and i didn't know it was called something but it makes a lot of sense that he would have because then you know like i was saying why would any normal person just sit through an instrumental thing like that unless there was some right. sort of communication or connection, right. a true connection with the audience, which is unexplainable? Well, as all the new jam bands, I mean, not new any longer, but as all the new jam bands... You always, mean like Fish and people like that? But even more, Humphrey uh, uh, McGee, and I mean, all these new jam bands that are out um, over the last 15 years since Garcia's passed... Um, Acknowledge that the Grateful Dead were improvisational and the, 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 the audience allowed them to explore this space and we stayed with them enough. That, that's hard to do in, in, in commercial rock and roll. It doesn't sell. So it's very much like the way if you don't care for jazz yes. and some people get it and they're like, wow, there's a connection there. And the Grateful Dead pulled that connection out of their that's ass somehow. Truly, that's <laughs> truly why a dead or like myself, we can constantly listen to old shows and still appreciate the newness of it because we haven't heard that version. And it's not even fair to say a new version. It's just a new interpretation of something with that, that we've heard. And we know there's going to be a tremendous payoff. And if you're a, a fan of the band, you really get that energy. And it's true, you know, a little mind expansion helps. So we've all had that in our past where we've kind of been schooled on a little bit of mind expansion and opening up and allowing yourself to enjoy such a sophisticated, fine art. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I was, I was just looking because uh, when they were at Soldier Field, was that last year? Yes, for the 50th. And Right. So, but they said that was like a, a farewell tour. No? Well, because the four remaining members played together. They, they have a little bit of bad blood right now. But oh, um, but I thought they were together again now with John Mayer. No, Phil Lesh doesn't play with them. Phil plays with Phil and Friends now. So it's only three oh. members playing Bob Ware and the two drummers, Kreutzmann and oh, Hart. Oh, that's interesting. And also that was with Trey Anastasio, who's a great player. But truthfully, it seems like Mayer has done his homework, even Clearly, though surprisingly he's a pop star. And, and Deadheads really, truly like well, this Dead you know, Company tour. you know, I've hung out with that Mayer fellow before and everything and it's just, i was told my mother i was like uh, when i hung out i'm like no you don't understand this guy this guy is 
one of the most respected guitarists, even though he might be a pop guy, in the in the music industry. He's a very very respected guitarist. Like yeah. like so oh, I told my guitarist. I remember telling my mom I was like it's kind of like hanging out with Amadeus, you know, <laughs> in the 1600s. I mean that's how good this guy is, and he is respected. And now he's probably even more respected because. Everybody was nervous it was going to be a John Mayer concert, and he clearly has the respect for the dead. He's a deadhead like yourself. Oh, yeah. And he, well, he, he's done his homework. Done his homework. He's put like in his said. time. And, and again, he doesn't imitate Garcia. He interprets them, and that's, yeah. and that's what And that's exactly what the right thing. And the crowd loves it. And now they can. And now John Mayer, as if he wasn't already, you know, yeah. handsome. Uh, and can you know just uh, the perfect man playing the with the perfect tattoos, playing like yeah. the, the coolest guy. Now he can tour the rest of his life. He'll never have to worry about a dime no. because even if his career stops, he can tour with the dead until he's 104. And it's funny because they've tried great guitarists, Jimmy Herring, Warren Hayes from the Allman Brothers, Trey. No one has really they stepped didn't get it up. It, I mean, they've had it made sense with- like a guy that grew up on the dead and was a deadhead fan was a, and a yeah. guy who is... You know, this is a guy who doesn't... It doesn't add up to the songs he sings. When you hang out with him... He's too cool for school. It doesn't make sense that he sings these sappy songs. You know, it's weird. Well, so he's got this very strange side to yeah, him. He started out as a legitimate pop star. Actually, recently on a, on a, a jam band website, actually it was an April Fool's joke, they, they had a big article that the Dead & Company were going to allow John Mayer to do a complete album of Room for Squares, including Your Body is a Wonderland. And all my deadhead friends were I like, heard it was a joke, though. Why would, why would they do that? I'm like, dude, it, it's really a joke. Oh, it was know? a joke. It was, right? it was yeah, an I April heard Fool's about joke, that, yeah. but deadheads went crazy. Oh, yeah, I did hear about it. Right, oh April God, Fool's. Oh, yeah. Here's um, Garcia and Letterman again in 87. That's 34. What are you trying to do here? You take my word, Scrabble. truck... <laughs> And you add the letters I N. That's not a word. Truck it. No, it's not a word. I am sick of this. It happens every time. I am tired of this argument. We could play Monopoly if you'd let me be the top hat. <laughs> Look, it's my show. It's my hey, game. You can be the thimble. Cut. You can be the iron. But I'm the top hat. All right. So is this where I yell uh, live from New York? <laughs> no, no, it's another show. But thanks for trying anyway, Jerry. Just forget it. Dude, no your problem, Dave. Is awesome. And then the show starts. It's a fucking great cold open. Yeah. Let's see who the other guests are. <laughs> Live. And now, oh, someone just cut who to it. used a model under the single name Olaf. Well, what song is this? When I Pay My Masterpiece by Bob Dylan. And they're playing uh, Garcia and Weir again. And why are they song. playing this song? Because yeah, everybody that's got a brain loves Dylan except you. Exactly. He sucks. Take that back. Uh, and uh, you have a parlor trick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was funny. Oh, it? the, yeah, but it's a visual. Know, it's they, they lift they, them with they, the finger? They, they that was weird. Them. Yeah, well. Did, that didn't really work, did it? I, I loved it. This is the kind of music that I think is a lot better, and I think through the test of time, we'll find that uh, this is really the way to go. I mean, listen to the subtleties of where, you know, the Amadeus part falls out and then the bass line comes in and then, you know, right? See what I'm saying? Now that's quality rock and roll. Are you, were you thinking of this one? Help. The human's about to escape. Get your paws off me, you dirty ape! <laughs> he can talk. 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 I can see. 
Seuss. Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. What's wrong with me? I think you're crazy. On a second opinion. You're also lazy. I like when it goes to the next song. I hate every ape I see. I think it cuts. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Can I play the piano anymore? Of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. <laughs> this play is everything. Oh, I love legitimate theater. I hate every ape I see. From chimpanzee to chimpanzee. No, you'll never make a monkey out of Whenever the Statue of Liberty gets rolled up and they point to it. Oh my God, I was wrong. It was Earth all along. You finally made a monkey. Yes, we finally made a monkey. Yes, you finally made a monkey out of me. I love you, Dr. Zayas. Oh, I forgot that. <laughs> that just assume that's how it ends. Well, remember, um, one, actually, one of my favorite uh, Simpsons songs because my sister's name is Lisa. Uh, oh, I love that one. Lisa, Lisa it's, your, it's birthday. your birthday. God Happy bless you birthday. today. Oh yeah, I love and your that first song. kiss from a boy. That sounded awesome, and that wasn't Michael it was, Jackson. No, right? it was Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. It was. Yeah, they found out it was Michael. Ja- I mean, you know, now we know for sure it was Michael Jackson. Uh, there you was. Talk about him doing it again, and then there was some sort of conflict. Also, they were going to do the same thing with Prince, and they got into it. They were going to do the same thing they did with Michael Jackson. He goes, but they already did that with Michael. But last summer, they did like a Simpsons thing live uh, at the the, uh, LA uh, Outdoor Theater in Los Angeles. Oh. And um, my niece was there. I did not know that. And they did a live version of that with the guy that that imitated Michael Jackson in the show, and he sang it. Oh, really? Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. I know what it was. I'm sorry, you're absolutely right. He didn't sing the song. It was Michael Jackson right. and Doom, but you're right. They had another guy sing the song for some God right. knows I think reason. That was Michael Jackson's like demand that he'll do the voice but he won't do the song. And there was a I think he actually had a legitimate reason for not doing the song. Like I remember thinking, What an asshole. And now that he's dead, what an asshole. <laughs> and uh, you know, the fact that he's a rapist, what an asshole. Well, we don't know that for sure. Do you, Simpsons rock and roll trivia, do you remember Homer's favorite band tattooed on his arm? It's not the Moses lack experience featuring Homer Simpson. Close. Uh, I, oh no, that's a tells joke. It's uh, <laughs> Menudo, but they only they messed up and he left early, and it just says men. I love men. Oh, that's a great joke. Anyway, uh, yeah, w- w- what's the band? Starland Vocal Band. Oh, <laughs> that's and great. What's their one hit wonder? Uh, Afternoon, Afternoon Delight. Delight. Nice. Um. Well, anyway, I love that you're a dead fan, but I think because you're a dead fan and you're so into it, you miss a lot of the classics. Um, like this one. We built this city. Starship. Yeah. And, you know, the dead kind of like they have a relationship with this band, so how can you not acknowledge the greatness of this lovely 80s tune? What's your problem? (laughs) You know, I can look at you the same way you're looking at me. Listen to that arrangement. It's unbelievable. 
And when that, what's that guy's name? Mickey? When he comes in with this... Oh, my God. Mickey Thomas. Mickey Thomas. And Grace Slick. Well, she had nothing to do. They just realized, well, we'll just let her stay in the band for nostalgia's sake. Until it came to that song from Mannequin 2. Oh, my God. That was amazing. too much of it and spoil the good time we had today because if we do have dead fans that listen they're gonna be like what the fuck happened to that show who is the vocalist that mickey thomas took over for oh that's the thing i have no idea who the vocalist of the original thing maybe it was this guy another classic yes i think this is a dead an old dead song just they put a twist onto it you should see Dave's face now. He's like, yeah, all right, I get it. You don't know where to go to. Why don't you go where fashion sits? Um, am I having enough fun with you yet? <laughs> uh, you want to name, uh, just, I uh, want to try this one. Let's see if you can name this tune. That's all I'm giving you. Um, that would be... Um, Unbroken Chain. That is completely correct. Phil Lesh, a, a rare Phil Lesh song. Lilac Rain, Unbroken Chain. I'm looking for. What are you talking? There's words. When do they come out? You know what I like about this is that. You know what I do like about the Dead, which you turned me on to. I love when you play it in the cabana, and everybody, you know, you, that that's like the, the the best thing about Dave is that. When we're in the cabana, he's playing the dead nonstop, and it's cool if you were walking around the beach and somebody's just playing the dead out of their cabana, and it's filled with dead stuff. It's way cool, yeah. and that's what I really like the songs because now they remind me of the summer and good times. Plus, there's always a deadhead popping in. Saying, always, Dude, I heard the dead. I yeah. think it was from '73, <laughs> and I, I was, I'm here and now. I see, I'm not leaving. Yeah, you know where, you know what live rec- bootleg recordings they're coming from a lot right yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. it's amazing um, it looks like the lifeguard just did something happened the lifeguard's pointing at somebody and you shave your ass that's what somebody <laughs> just said to him it's unbelievable it's a, it's a chick lifeguard oh it's gotta be hot out there but she looks pale so she can't be a real lifeguard it looks like it's just a lifeguard's girlfriend or something I think that's one of those Rosasa Annie of, dolls <laughs> there's not a lot of people on the beach do it's you think they're really hot out so that's what the beach is for isn't it it's also Shabbos. Oh, that's right. I'd forgotten about that. Most of the hardcore beach people are Look at, look at, look look at how beautiful it is. Look at how beautiful that ocean is. It's, go- it's amazing. You can see the boats far away. Isn't it cool? It's all right. No, it's, it's amazing. I can't no, believe we're is, doing the podcast beautiful. from the beach. I mean, this is a better view than what's out my, uh, the brick wall out of my window. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Now I know why Jackie Gleason was down to Florida. <laughs> I mean, this, this is really great. Thank you for inviting me here today. Are you going to take those swimmies off? The what? The swimmies. I don't know what that is. Oh, God. What is it? Little life preservers you put on your arms. I don't have that. Yes, you do. You probably never heard of this. China one. Cat. Right. This is like their like one of their most famous songs, right? It's, it's Even it's though a, I don't. In know combination it. with "I Know You Rider," yeah. Even my wife loves that song. You have a wife? Yeah. There's some kids in my neighborhood. Who gives a shit? <laughs> so, um, just to uh, other famous deadheads, Tom Leahy, uh, Senator of Vermont. Really? Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of senators now that are huge. Unfortunately, fans. Tipper Gore, big deadhead. Who's who? Who's the tallest deadhead? Uh, Jeff uh, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Walton. <laughs> oh, I hate that guy. Oh, shut up. Oh, that guy sucks. He hates the Knicks. Well, now I hate the Knicks too. But I'm just saying, I never liked that guy. And isn't his son on some? Isn't he a coach now? 
Luke Walton? Is he a coach for something? Oh, or? and Luke Wilson. They're deadheads, too. The Wilson brothers of are. Of course they are. How could they not be? I mean, look at them. They're and I'm hoping Matthew McConaughey boys. is. He's a big swim fan now. Do you see him every on the Olympics? That's all they talk oh, no. about is him. Oh, my God. He's just there, like, cheering everybody on. I mean, that guy's got to go away. Is he wearing a shirt? Yeah. And oh. What's the point of being at a swim meet if you're wearing a shirt? And you're Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, and you're Matthew McConaughey. It's ridiculous. Well, I'm going to the track today later. That's why we're doing this early morning podcast, and I'm going to the track um, because it's my birthday, and I, uh, I'm feeling lucky. There's a horse named uh, my son, Ernie. Remember my Ernie Douglas invitation? Uh, I'm putting everything uh, I have on it. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Smart betting, Dave. Yep. I know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm hoping to hit big again. I don't know why I'm going. I'm going with my mother. <laughs> it's some birthday when you're old, you know, in your 50s and you're still going to birthday with, what with, with your mom. What shocks me is you're inviting your nieces and nephews. I like that. I like I like the whole family there, you know, and then I like to go out with my friends at night. But meanwhile, I don't need to go out with anybody anymore because, you know, we're old and I've already done everything. Hey, kids, get me an ice cream and put this on the trifecta. <laughs> well, I love doing that. I'm like, do me a favor. Get your old man a bet. Maybe $2 on the... Yeah, yeah. see, so that's the kind of guys we always wanted to grow up always, to be. Always, yeah. And we've done it. Yeah, I know. Uh, it is kind of great. and um, But, I, you know, I'm going away with my one niece and then the other niece I never see. She just called me for my birthday. I hung up on her. I'm like, I'm doing a podcast. But you know what? It's great. They um they came to the last Godfather show, my nieces, uh, 17 and 19. So it was very exciting for me because like, I think they just think Uncle David's kind of an idiot. So then it was confirmed at the Godfather show. They're like, so wait, let me just see if I got this straight. He's reading... In, in front of an audience from a 40-year-old script. He's just reading from the script. And, and, and he plans on making a living. How? I, I, <laughs> I think they said just the two of them didn't make up actually an audience. Uh, yeah, that's true. No, but a lot of people came. We're still talking about the, we're still talking about the Godfather because, uh, you know, I was on Artie's podcast last Monday and they picked on me nonstop because I was ripping open the cast, a new asshole, because every time I hear it, I just get angry when people don't talk into the mic. That's all. I mean, you've been talking to the mic the entire time, and I'm very proud of you. A lot of people just, they don't seem to get it. Well, I think that, <laughs> I think that uh, you know, that Natterman is just the funniest could be. And he is. Funny. Did you hear the Godfather thing at all? Did you listen? It's okay. I'm just saying. Natter, you, wait till you hear it. I mean, be, if you can hear what Natterman's saying, because he doesn't talk into the mic, he was brilliant in it. I mean, he was really great. He basically did Groucho Marx in The Godfather. I, I was going to listen, but The Golden Road was on. It's a serious uh, Grateful Dead show. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, you know, sometimes I'm on Sirius, and this is the closest to the dead I'll ever be. <laughs> and they have their own channel, oh, right? Dave, you were brilliant on, on the wrap-up show. Oh, you didn't have to say that. That's not why I said it, but <laughs> oh my God, thank you. Hit him with the hyene! Hit him with the hyene! <laughs> why does he hate that so much? It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Because after you've done Jump the Shark, that's just but not I told as, him, not I told When I was on the show, I said, what is your deal? This poor guy, Baba Booey, made one slip-up of a letter... 30 years ago, and, and now he's Baba Booey forever, the poor guy, all because of one mix-up. Yeah, was... This is just one thing that's probably going to go away, even though it doesn't seem like that yeah. now. And, and who cares? Hit him with the hyena. It doesn't... But it's amazing how they, all these always end up on the PGA Tour. All right, that's the best. <laughs> we were just listening to it on the way here. We went to the, the lovely town here, the little town, had some coffee. They make You said they make special coffee, like special iced coffee. Cold it's, brew. It's Cold stronger brew. than regular coffee. Because I usually don't like iced coffee. It usually makes me sick. But you can't have hot coffee today. You just can't do it, right? No. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's, every time I go to Starbucks now, and I'm like, yeah, can I get a vanilla latte? They're like, hot? And I'm like, yeah, hot. What am I, an asshole? And they're like, what's the matter with you? Because they know I walk out. But I, I don't like cold. I don't like iced coffee. I don't know why. 
Yeah, although I, I am looking forward to a nice hot oatmeal after the show. For real? Yeah. That's what you're going to have? No. You try and eat healthy, don't you? <laughs> Dave, we had three pounds of fried seafood last yeah, that week. That was delicious. It was pretty I good. thought last week was my birthday. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, so I walk in to this uh, store that Dave took me in. It was at Seabright? Seabright, New Jersey. I walk in, and I'm drunk. And uh, I just go to the cashier, and I don't even know. I'm like, do you have any problems with having a first time Vladimir? Or then I say, do you have today's Pravda? I'd like to keep up with Russia. She goes, that's from Arthur. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've met my match. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, she knew I was doing a, a random line from Arthur. And you know me. I mean, I do random lines all the time. The fact that she got it. Then we talked for like a half hour. And Dave's like, we have to go. Um, <laughs> we probably could have talked for like another half hour. Um, I think she was the perfect match for you. She technically was. I mean, she was kind of sexy. Um, I didn't get her number. I told her to look me up on Facebook, but um, she never did. Oh, my God. I have to tell you what happened to me last night uh, or two nights ago. I went on a date. Okay. Now, this girl and I've now everybody who's listened to the show heard, heard my Esther Koo story. This girl, Esther Koo, who's a very, very hot. Uh, I don't know what ethnic of Asian she is, but she's really hot comedian. And she says, and my audience knows, uh, hey, do you want to go make out on the sofa? You know, Nothing so, better than making out. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I'd like that. And then blah, 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 blah happens. Everybody knows the story who's listened to the show. And then it turns out, like, you know, we find out later, like, there was somebody else cockblocking us on the sofa. So I took her in my car. <laughs> and then I started to kiss. And she was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what? I thought we were going to make out. And she's like, no, I was just kidding about that. Oh, because then I also asked her if she wanted to stay over. She goes, yeah, I'll stay over tomorrow night. And then she goes, I'm just kidding about that. I'm like, well, how is that funny? How is that funny to say that you're gonna, you, you know I'm attracted to you and you say, let's make out, I'm going to stay over tomorrow night, I don't have my clothes with me today? Th- how is that a joke? So that's my theory, and she's making fun. She's like, oh, just got this, just got that. But I'm like, I, I, most of the guys agree with me. That's fucked up. <laughs> but then it happened to me again yesterday. So, that, this is, so this girl keeps texting me, when are we going out? When are we going out? She text, I'm like, I don't know, I'm busy, because I, I don't know if I wanted to see her. And then she's like, listen... You better let me come over tonight, otherwise I'm going to make a bad choice. Now she's like threatening me that she's going to sleep with somebody else if I don't let her over. Oh, I thought she meant the Baconator. <laughs> well, well, I, maybe she did because, um, and I've made that bad choice before. In fact, I think I did it last night. By the way, that Junior's was not sitting well, even though it was delicious. It was not the right choice. I just wanted. I didn't. I don't like anything with. I, I love bacon, but I don't like it on a burger. It feels like it's going to clog my arteries, where everything else I eat, for some reason, I don't get that same feeling. And you didn't get that from the chopped liver in Turkey? Of course I get that, but I, no, that's more Jewy that I feel like I'm supposed to be eating. <laughs> yeah, right. that, you know, my body's supposed to eat that as a Hebrew. Um, so then this, uh, when we went to the Mets game, she calls, she's like, are you taking me out tonight? I'm like, sure. All right, we can go out tonight, but I, but I just got home from the Mets game. I'm really not up for it. She's like, you won't take me out on my birthday? I'm like, wait, it's your birthday? You want me to take you out on your birthday? Are you sure? And she's like, yeah. Um, I want you to take me to dinner. Um, so I did. And, I, I you know, because I, I was like, well, I'm not going to turn her down on her birthday. So I took her out. And then I'm like, you want to come over? After I took her out right across the street from my house. She comes up back to my house. We're on the couch. She's like moving closer. And then I start making my move. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, she's like yeah, I just want to be friends. And I'm like, what? well, well, well. Huh? I don't understand. You don't like me? And she's like, no, not like that. And I'm like, but what does it mean when you call up and you say, uh, I, I, I'm going to make a bad choice if you don't let me come over and, and stay over? And, and, and why would you want to hang out with me on your birthday? I, we don't even know each other. What, what is, what's the matter with you? 
I'm not wrong on this, right? I mean, I know it's the Woody Allen. Just, how can I misread those signs? I just don't understand how a woman wouldn't want to have sex. It's never happened to yeah, me. Li- uh, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, and I know and I get it. And so I you're get saying it. you took her to the Papaya King, you bring her back to your apartment, <laughs> you're sitting there probably watching Love Boat, and all the signs are positive. <laughs> it doesn't add up. Now, did she say it in her native tongue, or was it in English? Come on. You, everything you're saying is right, and it's fun to make fun, and you're absolutely right to make fun, and there is no really like, I guess, you know, well, it's just like the uh, Seinfeld one. Like, So what did you say? I just said, I think the word menorah is interesting because you have man, and then you have yours. It's really not that bad a name. And it was somewhere between this time that she mentioned she had a boyfriend. Hmm. Maybe she made a game-time decision. It was like, I can't do this. The problem now is, what are you going to do about your dry cleaning? <laughs> She's not Asian. Oh. That was Esther Koo. Oh. I was just thinking, I wonder if she does do... She always does look clean and pressed. Well, that's one of my favorite other lines of yours from North by Northwest. Oh, right. Uh, I want this sponged and pressed by tomorrow morning. That always does it to me. Yeah. Especially when I actually saw it on the screen with you at Lawrence's birthday. Oh, and then you saw it for the first time yeah. you're doing that line. Carrie oh Grant God, goes, it was great. Yes, I'd like my suit sponged and pressed by tomorrow. I was the only that's person when you know you're old. that went crazy. Because right? <laughs> nobody even knows. I, I go to my dry cleaners all the time. They're like, how old are you? And I'm like, I don't know, but I need this sponged and pressed by tomorrow. They're like, we don't even know what sponging is. And then I'm like, oh, is that right? And then I turn to the old man. I'm like... Now you listen to me and you listen good. I want this suit spotted to press by tomorrow morning, otherwise you're fired. And I have a good mind to do it, too. I know everyone in this city and I don't know you. Um, you know, did you hear about Cary Grant being gay with Randolph Scott? Like, all this stuff is coming out now that he was like, uh, I mean, it makes sense, but now it's coming out that he was gay. He was so badass. So badass. He was so fucking cool, right? I mean, yeah. You don't think so? No, I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big Cary Grant fan. You're not? No. I like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Nothing to do with that. No, I know. Wait, I thought I had a Cary Grant scene here. Let's see. Let's... We recently saw Pride of the Yankees. That didn't age well. Damn it. I thought I had a clip from North by Northwest. I don't. The only role you like is when I play dead. In the very next role, and I'm sure you'll be quite convincing. That's my uh, James Mason. As they say, Lou Gehrig got Lou Gehrig's disease. How did he not see that coming? <laughs> Well, uh, I think that's about it. What did you think? Dave, this did is... Did you have a good time? The, the greatest to share your birthday with you down at the cabana on a beautiful morning. I know. In a, in a great summer. Thanks. Um, I'm blown away by your prepping for the Grateful Dead stuff and hope we didn't bore everyone too much with it. I don't, you know, who cares? I mean, it's just uh, we're having a good time. And uh, I, I don't think it's boring because I think it's fascinating that you know everything. I even want to try... Lost now on the country miles in his Cadillac. I can tell by the way you smile. He is rolling back. Cassidy, a That's song right. about. Um... See, I'm fascinated that he knows that. I would. I've never heard of this song in my life. I've never heard of these lyrics. <laughs> First thing I remember knowing was a lonesome whistle blowing. Mama tried. Oh my God. A Merle Haggard song. Well, I met her accidentally in St. Paul, Minnesota, and it tore me up every time. I heard her drawl, that southern drawl. Then oof. I. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I think we got him. Hold on a second. Sure. Then I heard my dream went back, went down oh, backstream, uh-huh. cavorting. Oh, and... Big River. That's a Johnny Cash song. See, that's what threw me a little oh, bit. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a Johnny Cash. Oh, they do a lot of covers, a lot of Chuck Berry covers. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I am fascinated that he knows all this. There's mosquitoes on the river. There's mosquitoes. The music never stops. Jesus Christ. Come on. You're not impressed by that? <laughs> you're not impressed by that, huh? Did you know that one of the greatest uh, openings that I've ever heard is uh, this one? Big John has a problem, <laughs> as you can plainly see. The Herb Edelman classic? One minute he's 40, the next he's 33. 
This is from a Saturday morning show called Big John, Little John, and I think it's an unbelievable tune that the dead should maybe think about covering. What do you think? It's got an amazing groove, right? Yeah, it's great. And I can come in and sing back up. Little John, what a way to grow. Do you think they'd let me? Do you guys know Big John, Little John? The fountain of youth, he drank a little drink. I always get that wrong. And then that magic water was the thing that made him shrink. They explain the entire plot of the uh, series in that. Well, remember those days, even like the opening to Lidsville and all those shows, That's would right. explain everything. Well, you know what's funny HRF is you know Sarah's stuff. dating Michael Sheen, right? So uh, the the actor Michael Sheen—that's what we call him. Like, are you still dating the actor Michael Sheen? Um, and he's his favorite TV shows when he was growing up are the ones the ones that they sent to Britain were the ones where they explain the opening. So he saw Rhoda. Because remember, the opening is yeah. like, I, my entrance exam was on a book of matches. New York, this is your last chance. You know, so he liked all the songs. So I said, I was going to send him this one because it's perfect. It explains the opening. She goes, oh, he knows that one. <laughs> because they, they had the opening. I think the ones that have the opening. Now I got to send him Lidsville. Yeah, when I met him, he said, see, Cotter came back to school. That's why I was <laughs> welcome back. He understood. He understood because they had that in uh, in London. I guess, you know, I normally end with another song and I'm... Uh, well, we should end with a dead song today, right? I mean, it would be ridiculous not to. The ultimate encore. Uh, which would be what? Us- usually U.S. blues. Uh, I don't have the U.S. blues. I have this one, though. You know what it is, I guess. No? What? Are you? Really- it's, it's the end of it's Sunshine Daydream from Sugar Magnolia. Oh, yeah. Wait, it's, it's the reprise. It's the end oh, part. Well, you know what this was on? Uh, somebody made a cartoon of the Peanuts... Charlie really? Brown doing the dancing like oh, the Christmas yeah, thing yeah, and they yeah. put this song to it they call it Dead Peanuts yeah because this is great to groove to yeah it's interesting watching them do I think that. this is probably about 78 uh, yeah I think so yeah, yeah that's right you can tell yeah. by the piano players yeah you can tell by the piano players yeah <laughs> so you can tell which one's playing by what years well listen folks I mean this has been Dave thank you so much I mean hey, I'm, I'm still looking out of the beach I can't even believe we're just I, I I, Dave, I thanks wish this for was the med game. We had a great time. Oh, yeah, Amazing no problem. Amazing seats. Thank you. No, Dave and I are going to Atlantic City next week. Yeah, uh, that, should be, that should be a win-win situation. Win rooms at the Borgata. Thank you for yeah. that. So, hey, let's not suck each other's dicks yet, huh? <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, right? That's uh, that's uh, Harvey Keitel says that, right? Yeah, but you did as Rodney. Yeah, I know. I, well, I can't help myself. Well, oh, I got a problem. <laughs> you see, I'm writing The Godfather 4 now, and I already have scenes where I come in and do Rodney, and they're like, why would you have that? Uh, never you mind why. I can't help myself. I got a problem. I'm yeah, doing you scenes from you know, Easy the Money. Caddyshack, which is great, too. That what? The intro to Caddyshack when he walks in. Oh, my. That's one of the greatest entrances in motion picture history, especially for an actor who's never been in movies before. It's like that, that would be the dream entrance for a guy like me. To introduce myself to the movie public, you know, just a, an entrance like <laughs> that. Me, but the funny thing is, if I had an entrance like that, I would just be doing Rodney. I would not be able to not. I would have to take it down a notch, but it would clearly be a tribute, you know. I mean, there's no way I'd be able to do it. And quite frankly, I should be just playing Rodney-like roles, yeah. where I'm like a rich old man that just likes throwing money away. I mean, it's it's funny. Just you know, basically just doing the Rodney. I, you know, I think if I had the power, I think I'd make another back to school. Which would be funny because in this day and age, you know, um, if we get we go to you know first the first scene he goes into the sorority and he sees that girl in the shower, and they just let him go like no problem, Mister. What's his name? Uh, in the, oh God, and back to school. Um, oh God, people are going to kill me if I don't know. Yeah, they do the the, the, the dive is named after him, isn't it? The triple Lindy? No, it's not oh, named after oh, him. Uh, 
Oh my God, uh, Melon, Melon. Oh, oh my yeah. God, no problem, Mister Melon. It can happen to anybody. Um, well, you pretty much nailed the old man. Which old man? When you say you can be like a rich old man. Oh yeah. Uh, well, not for the rich part, maybe, but you know, maybe there's a chance. But um, you don't know what this That's one right, is. Yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, but. I don't know. That's what I like to do. But anyway, so um, let's see what we got coming up. Uh, Is any special guests coming up? No. No, I don't know any special guests because I'm like kind of winding it down for the summer in many ways. Um, You know, and then we'll pick up again in September during football season. But I think I have another live podcast next week. I believe the week after might be no podcast because I never do one around Labor Day weekend. It's the only time I take off Labor Day and Memorial Day. Sometimes New Year's depending on when it falls. Um, otherwise, I give you a live podcast every week because that's what we do here at the Dave Scout Podcast. Anyway, so I'll definitely see you next week. This is uh, David Elliott. Thank you so much again. This is a lovely- I don't even want to leave because it's so nice here even though it's a little hot. It- there's a nice breeze coming in now. The beach is amazing. This has been a great time. Thank you so much. Dave, thanks. It's been great. Thanks for letting me stay. Thanks for being a great guest. Thanks for being so knowledgeable about the dead. It was fun. You know, I've done this trivia with my sister and my brother-in-law stuff, and they never seem to get it right. So thank you for uh, being awesome about it. And uh, I know it's just weird to go, like, you know, we'll see you next week on the podcast. And then you just have the dead, like, playing, and it's just oh, like, it's not as... It. Well, I know, but it's not as, like, you know, epic as Here, try some out, of this but... first. <laughs> Ooh, wait. Yeah, Ooh, you know what? I'm getting into it now. Yeah. Kind of like a one. Uh, hey, there you go. You're moving, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week on the podcast. So long, everybody. All colors, go.